Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Carly Hawk. Carly is a torch lighter for leaders who want to bring their leadership to the next level. She is also the author of Shine, helping us lead consciously from the inside out. Carly aligns with organizations and people that prioritize people and the planet first. The cool part about this episode is Carly shares a hands-on experience to help you uncover and navigate triggers, which is going to be a very timely and helpful tool to have in your back pocket. Enjoy this episode, my friend. Carly, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. So share with our listeners a little bit about you and your journey as an entrepreneur. Well, I have to say I didn't really think I was going to be where I am today. I mean, we never do, right? The the path just kind of evolves and opens. Um, But essentially how it began is that I was teaching uh, stress resiliency and meditation back in my late 20s in San Francisco. And I was teaching these community classes and an HR director from Littler Mendelssohn, which is a big law firm. They have huge law firms all over the country, but one of their headquarters was in San Francisco. She saw one of my offerings and she said, can you teach stressed out lawyers how not to be so stressed? And I was like, yes, because my father was a stressed lawyer. And this is actually why I do what I do. Oh my gosh. how perfect! I don't actually think I told her that, but that was like (laughs) my internal voice. And so it was just a lunch and learn, you know, one hour. There were 40 lawyers and I made a difference. I made a positive impact. And she kept asking me to come back. And I thought, you know, this is really cool. I really love being of service in this way to leaders, to companies. And what kept me and has kept me continually supporting different organizations and companies is because I really feel that the men and women and people that don't necessarily identify with a gender norm have such power and influence inside of companies to really be a force for good in the world. And so that is the place that I want to put my energy to serve so that we can come together to create more of an inclusive workplace. And therefore that will help us to support a more inclusive world that works for everyone and is more in alignment with people and planet and not profit. And so it started from there. It's evolved into some incredible opportunities. I've worked with LinkedIn and Pixar and Cliff Bar and a lot of tech companies in the Bay and have been teaching at Stanford on lots of different topics related to consciousness and leadership for the last seven years. And I also am adjunct faculty at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business and I also wrote a book, which I know we'll talk about a little bit later, which is coming out next year. So it's, wow. it's been this really interesting journey, and it hasn't been easy. I will definitely say that. Like, 
you know, starting my business the first five years, I worked my tush off was not a lot of balance. There was definitely burnout going on. And, you know, it's still kind of this checking in with myself. Okay. Um, Because no one's going to tell you to stop working when you're the founder of your own company. And if you love, love, love what you do, like I do. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. So many good things. All right. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Before we dive into burnout, because that is a topic that is really near and dear to my heart because I, like you, have experienced it and really want to help other people um, avoid it as much as possible. So I definitely want to go into that subject. But I'm also very curious because we always, you know, think things are serendipitous, but they really have these behind the scenes um, connection points. And when you mentioned your dad being a stressed out lawyer, and then all of a sudden this opportunity came for you to help and heal that specific genre, I'm really curious to, to hear about the ripple effect of growing up in that environment, really having a dad that was maybe super into his work, which it sounds like, or having that stressed out feeling like, how did that make you, you know, have an interest in like, wait, there's got to be another way. Let me dig a little deeper and maybe make a different way for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'd say is that most of us, and this actually goes into the topic that we were talking about before we hit record, not all of us know how to regulate our emotions when stress is here. And especially if we're feeling really maxed out, like many of us are right now with the pandemic, there's just been so much happening in our world, so much adaptation and change and uncertainty. And a lot of people, for example, in the United States have been out of work. There's like what, 40 million people out of work. Like that's not going to put you in um, necessarily the most positive mind state unless you can really grow your mindset to, to be more resilient. And my father, like many of us, you know, tends to react versus respond when he feels stressed. And so that had a huge impact on me. It's why I started my meditation practice when I was 19. It's why I've been practicing yoga since I was 17, because it helps me stay centered and grounded. I also have triggers. I also am impatient and I, you know, can go into that triggered state but I'm aware of it usually, I'd say 90% of the time. And that self-awareness supports me to then go, oops, I'm sorry, or I'm taking personal responsibility for this. But it also has helped me to develop a lot of tools and techniques that I practice myself that I then share with other people and companies. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I'm curious at such a young age when you were starting to bring in meditation and yoga, um, did you feel like you were carving your path solo or did you have other support and role models that were into that kind of more holistic, um, you know, holistic modalities? Oh, no, I was definitely doing it on my own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started like the first yoga class in SUNY Plattsburgh. Like I just told you, I went to undergrad there. I was, I was a personal trainer in college. That's how I made money to pay, you know, for schooling and tuition and all of that. And I also taught every aerobics class you could possibly imagine <laughs> and yoga being one of them. And actually the, the story that comes to mind, this is a small detour. You know, there are a lot of fraternity brothers that would come to the gym and there were a couple that came to my yoga class. And I hadn't been officially trained. I was I was reading books. I 
I tend to be a person that if I'm really interested in something, I'll just digest a lot of information and then I teach myself and then I teach others. That's kind of always been my, my path. I love that formula. Yeah. I I mean, those are some of the very best teachers because they're hands-on they, and they've embodied it. They've embodied it enough to be able to like disseminate it in a very bite-sized way. Um, So I, I really love that formula. That's like a secret to success, I think, for excellent educators. Thank you. It's it's also great to have a community of support too. I mean, I think at, at this point in the game, I'm grateful that I had that, I guess, ambition or motivation to just, I was so interested that I was like, okay, I don't really see anyone doing it. I'm going to do it because it's just coming from my love and my joy. And it's also really great to have a community of people where you're learning together, where you're holding each other accountable because you know, being in the spirituality and health, there's a lot of leaders all over the world, not just in spirituality, that are not actually in integrity. They're bypassing a lot of stuff. They're going, I'm teaching this, but I'm sleeping with my students. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's uh, something that I, as a as a person that's really aligned with conscious leadership, those are things we need to call out um, because they're going to create hurt and harm. And so I think it's both. It's like follow your passion, follow your innate learning and signature and torch that you want to bring into the world and find community to keep you in accountability and integrity with what you're actually bringing to people. Yeah, I think that that piece is so important. I think the the quality of being that like um, carving your own lane is probably what has contributed to making you a successful entrepreneur because there's a, a risk factor and a trailblazer factor and of like, no plan B factor that goes into kind of both of those things. I see the lens kind of overlaying and I'm curious to see how that has manifested in your experience. Like what type of qualities that you kind of stepped into as a young woman that you really bring into your world now? Hmm. These are such good questions. Let's see. I... I'm very, I I tend to have a lot of persistence if I really want something. And as a consultant and as a coach, you know, you kind of have to drive it forward and you might pitch something to a company and it takes a year and a half before they open the door. Right. So in fact, that was my experience with Pixar. I was so excited about supporting Pixar as a company. I was like, I love this company. And so I, you know, put it out there. They weren't ready, put it out there. They weren't ready. And I had a lot of colleagues and friends going, you need to get Carly in the door. Right. And so it it finally happened. But I think there's a, there's a quality of patience and persistence and I'm still working on my patience. You know, even, even as a person that practiced meditation and mindfulness, sometimes I'm just so ready to be in service or so ready for this thing to happen. But you have to meet people where they are. You have to meet companies where they are. And so it's just, it's a balance. It's such a balance. And I can imagine how yoga contributes to embodying some of those qualities of like knowing when to ride your edge and that consistency and persistency of showing up for yourself. And you know, when you need that balance. And I think it's really important for people to hear that because we're all looking for results. I think that the pandemic has even maybe made that urgency pumped up a little bit more. So maybe those that had more patience now are feeling a little bit more anxiety. And so I'm, I'm very curious. I know that you help people 
deal and navigate with triggers. And it would be awesome if you could share an experience of how we can help the listener or how they can help themselves uh, deal with triggers that come up in our daily life. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So, so triggers are normal. We all have them. And what I would say about triggers is that usually we're triggered by something because we're experiencing a challenge or a difficulty. And we also can have a trigger based on what someone has said that triggers like an old wound that we've experienced, whether it was in our childhood, whether it was in the workplace, whether it was in a, in a friendship. And so I guess I want to just start with that is that we all have them and it's so important that we are compassionate to ourselves when we're in a state of trigger. The other thing that happens because we are human beings, which we are emotional beings, that's such a huge fabric of who we are, is that there's a scientific term called emotional contagion, which means that Casey, if you're upset and agitated and angry, even if we're on the Zoom call, I'm going to feel it. Because yeah. we are, we're linked, we're connected, whether we realize it or not. And so if you're triggered, it's really important if I can be the calm, grounded one and just to recognize she's a little triggered. How can I just like hold space for her? And whatever she's about to say, it's not about me. I'm not taking it personally, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that also could be an opportunity to just, reflect that back. I'm noticing that your voice is getting really loud. I'm noticing that you seem a little stressed out. Maybe we should just take a break or is there some way I can support you right now? So naming it in the moment helps the other person regulate their body, their nervous system so that they can come back into balance. And I'll go into this exercise that I'm going to lead you through really quickly. But I, the, the thing that I really want to say as a take-home message is that If I'm triggered or you're triggered, that is not the right time to have a conversation. Yes. Um, It's not an effective time to have a conversation. And in fact, I've been co-developing a really amazing communication training program for Cliff Bar. They're one of my favorite companies. They're, uh, They're the nutrition sports food bar that is completely sustainable and giving them a little plug. And nice. We uh we've been developing and and facilitating this wonderful program for all of the Cliff Bar employees. And one of the big components of it is how to navigate triggers. And so this is, we just did a training this week on it. And, and it's coming from this body of work that I developed. And I'll be really honest, the reason that I developed this particular practice that I'm going to guide you through is that I was in a romantic relationship a couple years ago, and we were both triggered. And the relationship ended. And, uh, I tried to really like have us come back into communication. And every time I did, he was super triggered, very avoidant. Uh, and I got triggered as a result Mm -hmm. and I felt so devastated that we couldn't find a way to connect and communicate. It's like, all right, I have to figure out an exercise so that if this ever happens again and he's triggered and then I get triggered, I can be the calm one. And so this I is love where that. I love that problem from. solving attitude. I think that that's awesome. <laughs> like Ours, we're going to fix this. <laughs> well, at least, at least I could be the change. Like I can't do anything about him. I've tried. We're not in each other's lives anymore. Wishing you well, Dan. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, 
I needed to take ownership because I really wanted to be able to navigate that. And that happens in relationship all the time. Yes, it absolutely does. I know people are going to resonate to this. And the one thing that you said that I just want to underscore is not to take it personal when someone else gets triggered, but to have that perspective and space and step back and realize this may be originating from the other person. And how do I stay grounded in my own self, realizing what is mine and take ownership for that, but then realizing what is theirs and where's the root of this turbulence. Yeah. And, and pushing pause on the conversation, you know, is really important. And then coming back when you're, when you're both in a more calm place. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with a place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey, just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. So let me lead you through this, uh, this exercise. And for those of you listening, please join in. I would love that. Okay, so Casey, I'm going to invite you to just bring your attention inside and just close your eyes or shift your gaze downward. And just start to notice where your feet are making contact with the floor, where your body's making contact with the chair. And just start to slowly breathe in and out through the belly. So slow diaphragmatic breathing, which is in the lower belly, helps us to calm down the nervous system, the heart rate, the blood pressure. Breathing in, breathing out. Just letting everything go. Bringing your body into a comfortable posture and position. And then bringing your awareness to a situation that happened recently at work, at home, where you felt triggered. And you want to normally start with an exercise, a situation where you're moderately triggered. Like it's not the most triggering event in your entire life because we want to be successful with this. So moderately challenging trigger. So once you have that experience in mind, now go ahead and just ask yourself on a number scale of one to 10, 
One being that I feel cool as a cucumber, not bothering me at all. To a 10, I am enraged. I have massive amounts of energy that I need to release. Where are you on that scale? And you can just kind of keep this to yourself and then I'll ask you about it once we end the exercise. So on a scale of one to 10, where are you on that number of being triggered? And then notice what feelings are here. Just really naming them silently to yourself. Fear, frustration, disappointment. All of our feelings are welcome. And they all have wisdom to share with us. The other thing that happens when we acknowledge our feelings is that we're actually calming down our emotional response. We're actually able to regulate our bodies more. It's called affect labeling. It's a scientific term. Another way to think of it is we have to name it to tame it. So if we name, oh, there's anger. The anger actually starts to that, that phrase of anger, we can actually identify it and then we can kind of calm ourselves down. Next, how do you feel in your body right now? What are the physical sensations that you're aware of? And again, just allowing it all to be here. Nothing's right or wrong. Just accepting things as they are. And then lastly, when you think about this experience, you might just ask yourself, what do I need to support myself best right now? Maybe there's a kind phrase or gesture or like loving touch I can offer myself to just help me soothe. And maybe there's an action that is needed to support me with, for example, this person. Maybe there's a boundary I need to set. Maybe there's a conversation that needs to happen. Maybe there is, you know, telling them, ouch, that really hurt. Don't do that again. So just taking all of this in. And then when you feel ready, opening your eyes, coming back. That's awesome. So I feel so curious. Tell me, uh, what was your number? I would say it was a seven. And it's so very interesting because I have to really admit I don't get triggered often, but this morning I did. So this is the perfect, perfect topic. Always. And I was surprised at how mundane the trigger was. I will share it with you because I'm all about transparency and I think it'll help the listeners as well to just be okay with whatever size trigger the thing is, because I think we judge ourselves like, oh my gosh, why am I spinning out with something that seems so minor? But I was looking at my analytics this morning and noticed that um, a local female solopreneur who actually is a former client unsubscribed from my email list. And I cannot believe how I spun out over that. Like I really did. And 
Um, and I, and I really was trying to put it in perspective and it could be for a million reasons, but that was a really interesting exercise because I was kind of going through the list of emotions of what, why that was bringing it up. And you're right. It definitely is more deep rooted, right? Like of unworthiness or what did I do wrong? Or I looked at that specific email and I was like, wow, that was one that I really, really wrote from my heart and really was expressing truth. So it hurt even more, right? It wasn't like just a a random thing. So just so interesting to diffuse that. And I had called my bestie. First, I tried to process it myself. And I was like, oh, I can't process this myself. And then I had some shame. Like, I can't believe I'm letting this like take so much time up of my morning, right? But yeah, so back to you. So that's that's what was work, what I was working through this morning. And this exercise was super timely and putting a name to it and actually breathing into it. And I could really feel that sense of physical correlation to the mindfulness of, oh, when I first was focusing on that, I was feeling chest constriction. And when we deepened into that mindfulness process, I was like feeling more soothed getting more perspective, having more space, having more self-compassion that I don't need to judge myself. And it also puts it into perspective, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think the space too of realizing maybe it was for me and maybe it was just like, I sent out too many emails and she didn't want to hear from me. I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting. Right. Thank you. Great awareness. Yeah. Great awareness. So what I would say for, and actually let's let you went through all three steps. Let's do the last one, which is like, what was, and I, I guess that's what I'm hearing. The thought, the thought that would support you best is like, I don't know. I don't know what happened and I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think the personally thing is great. Perspective is great. Um, and giving yourself self-compassion because I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, we allow things to be weightier than they are and we allow them to stick to us. And I think it's great to extract the learnings and then be like Teflon and just let it slide off, extract what we need, let it slide off. So for me, that's just been a practice that I like to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, you know, the, the one piece that I would offer is that when we realize that our number is a five or greater, and there's no judgment around this, that's not a time to have a conversation. So normally what that means is that we've moved out of our heart, we're in our head, and we're in survival mode. So the only capacity we have is fight, flight, or freeze. And we don't want to drive a car when we're in that situation, right? Like we don't want to drive a car when we're angry or when we're scared or when we're frozen because then the car is going to have an accident. Same thing with our communication. Yeah. So it's a really good opportunity to just go, oh, I feel triggered. Um, or, you know what, I need to take a break. I need to take a 10 to 15 minute break. And I'm open to coming back to this conversation or let's reschedule for tomorrow. This is not a good time for me right now. And that's you just taking responsibility for yourself and knowing that it's only going to probably have a car crash. So, um, so that's one thing I would tell the listeners. And the other thing that I would say is that regarding this particular situation, yeah, we have no idea why she unsubscribed. Maybe she's feeling really overwhelmed with her email box. Maybe she feels like she got so much from you that she's just like wanting to incorporate it more. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you gave a practical experience that they can go back to and they can start to kind of utilize this tool 
on a daily basis for themselves to just recalibrate their nervous system and get perspective. So thank you so much for that. I love it. I'm all about putting strategies into place. And I think that this is an excellent way to deepen self-awareness and, and really just be aware of our triggers. And I, and also when there's a repetitive pattern, let's look at that deeper root. So that's awesome. I would, I can talk to you forever, but I definitely want to um, ask you what your favorite big idea from your new book shine is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My favorite big idea. I mean, really my book is about how we cultivate consciousness on the inside so that we can shine with it on the outside. And I really think of the book as a roadmap and a blueprint to creating a workplace and a world that works for everyone and is in harmony with the planet because climate change is one of the largest obstacles that we as a humanity face right now. And it's going to require all of us to find our unique you know, way that we are marching forward in that, uh, in that solution. And it's also going to require that we all come together. And there is a lot of division and hurt that's happened in our country, but also in our world. And so the big idea, not so big, it's kind of, uh, it just feels what it is. These are qualities to help us lead for more love for more wisdom, for more generosity, and not other each other, because we are all in this together. And we're not going to get out of it unless we find a way to come together. So that's That's really the essence of the book. I love it. It's really about uniting and, and just, I love that. What does it mean to you to kind of amplify the inner consciousness or lead from that conscious space from the inside? Well, I call it the inner game and I'm not the first person to use this term. Um, The inner game rules the outer game. So in my 10 years of working with leaders and lots of companies, I've noticed these qualities over and over and over again that really support leaders um, and people to be in more integrity in their actions. But it comes from the inside first. So the six qualities that I've decided on. There's so many, but these are the ones, you know, I I didn't want to give people 15. That's a lot to practice with. Uh, Self-awareness, emotional intelligence, resilience, love, well-being, authenticity. And there's various practices in the book that support us to cultivate it on the inside. And then we get to see it on the outside. And in the book, you're actually going to follow nine leaders throughout the book who are really embodying these qualities and you get to see how they're shining on the outside. Like Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce. He's one of the leaders. They're one of the companies in the book. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. I'll definitely share the link in the show notes for the listeners to get their hands on a copy. If you were going to have a prediction for 2021 for emerging thought leaders, what would it be? I think there's, there's still a lot that we're navigating in the world as far as what is the world that we want to create together. And I, I guess what I would caution and invite is that we have to create a whole new system. We have to really be willing to let go. We have a lot of systems in place in our country, even like daylight savings time, which is coming this week. I'm like, why are we still doing this? There are not a lot of farmers in this world. I'm so grateful for the farmers, but there, 
their crops are actually on timers now. Does this really support us to thrive? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, there's all these things that we've been doing because we've been doing them. They're not working. We need to cut them. We need to hospice them. We need to, you know, really look at the bigger perspective. What's going to support us all to thrive? And it's going to take time. But I think one of the things that's really important is we start to just, I hear people saying when we, when it gets back to normal, it's not going to get back to normal. This is, this is the new evolution. This is the new emergence. What do we want to create together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that mind shift. It's, it's really powerful. It's very future forward. And I believe that that's how we're going to succeed together and individually. So collectively and individually, I'm curious what ratio do you um, recommend or subscribe to when it comes to kind of like starting individually or acting locally and then more of the global collective? And speaking specifically to when you talk about, you know, can you be a little more explicit as, you know, I, um, leading from love. Um, I loved your just your phrase. You just said hospicing, hospicing old systems that don't work because what comes to mind immediately is especially because our listeners are solopreneurs primarily. And I feel that you can start right in your own specific space. What do you need to retire in your business? What's not working for you? Where do you have to set up boundaries and new structures that are going to support you to thrive? And when I when when those thoughts immediately come to mind, I have a little voice saying, and what about the collective consciousness? How do you expand that from just an individual need? So I'm so curious about your thought, because I think if we all started from that individual collective, what's under our own roof, we'd see a massive positive ripple effect. So I'm curious what the ratio is between cleaning up and growing up and showing up right in your own space and then stepping out and, and are, is it enough to lead by an example or should we also incorporate a go, like a global collective connection of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, so I'll, I'll just share personally what I'm experiencing right now. So I just made a huge pivot. I moved from California to North Carolina. I was in California. I was in the Bay area for 13 years and I made the shift for many reasons, but uh, there were there were a lot of things actually that were just kind of dying for me there. The energy was um, was just slowly, in some ways, being like, "Carly, it's time to go. You know, try try something new." And I'm more of a small town girl at heart, and so for me, it was like just really getting in more alignment with my truth and and being willing to let go. And it you know, I'm, I'm still navigating it. Like I have some incredible people out in California, but I'm in this new environment. Uh, I'm living in Black Mountain, which is about 8,000 people, very different than like 9 million, which is in the Bay Area. And I'm really, as far as my home environment, it's really important to me that I'm living in uh, more harmony with the planet and that I'm being as sustainable as I can. And so for example, they only do recycling once a week. No, no, no. Once every two weeks. I'm like, that's not acceptable. Most of us are recycling more, even though let's be honest here. Um, only 7% of what we actually recycle gets recycled because China is not taking our trash anymore. And we do not have a great system in place in the United States. So, but for me, I'm also aware that I don't have a compost set up yet. 
And that's something I'm actually going to be talking to my neighbor about is like, how do we create this like group compost? And so these are just things I'm looking at in my own environment. And then how do I, how do I put that out into the world? The other thing that I'm aware of, and I haven't gotten going on this, but it's, it's going to happen. North Carolina, here I am. (laughs) Exactly. They're so lucky to have you. I love it. Well, and also if I say it out loud, then I have to really hold myself accountable to it. And hopefully your listeners will be like, so Carly, how's it going with like getting them to convert to bring your own bag? But one of the things that is really hard for me when I go into grocery stores here is they hand out plastic bags like it's candy. Plastic is in everything. The plastics in our water, in our soil, we can't do it anymore. It's a system. We got it. It's done it's done. Like we're killing ourselves with plastic. So, um, I bring my own bags. I have to then pack my own bags, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And how do we create this system where that's just the norm? That's, that's what is done in many parts of California. And I love it. You know, um, you don't even think about it. You just do it, but it's, it's a pattern. We have to end, we have to educate, uh, And even when I go into these grocery stores, you know, they'll start putting my stuff automatically in a plastic bag. There's not even a paper bag nearby. And I'll say, no, thank you. I have my own bags. This is really horrible for the environment. And the person always goes, oh, yeah, you're right. And then I see right after I leave, they put (laughs) the next person and I want to like scream. But it just feels like they're in a robotic trance. It's like. It's so true. And and I think that they are old standing patterns, which are going to take time and compassion and like repetitiveness in order to like break those. But Mm -hmm. I really am hearing it's just like trigger for me. There you go. I don't scream, but inside I'm like, no, absolutely. And I, you know, it just kind of shows that persistency using your voice, speaking your truth, you know, not being afraid to go against the norms. And so I really love that. And, and I can tell that you do it in a very loving way. And, and then that we just have to believe that in time, we're going to, we're going to promote change. We're going to, we're going to have that change be the ripple effect. So, well, you are a delight, Miss Carly and North Carolina is very blessed to have you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for doing the work that you do in the world. You are truly shining. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and that really sweet experience. So our listeners can just embody some of the wisdom that you shared if you were going to leave some bright light goodness, what do you want to share today? Hmm, thank you. Thank you for all those compliments and appreciation. I, I wholeheartedly receive them. That's very nice to hear. Well, like you, I have a podcast called Shine. And so it's bi-weekly. And if anybody is interested in learning you know, more about this topic that we've been exploring, conscious leadership at work and in the world, it's just inspiration. It's really focusing on what we can do on the inside and then on the outside. And I have um, a link, which I'm sure you'll probably put in the show show notes, but it's leadfromlight.com. And if you sign up to that, you get a free handbook. Um, I call it rituals for rising. And then you will also be subscribed and get the updates of the new podcast. But the word of wisdom I'd love to leave people with is that everyone has their own unique light to shine. And, you know, sometimes we can see all of the problems in the world and we can get really overwhelmed and be like, I don't even know how to start to address climate change or 
systemic oppression or racism in our country, right? Like, I don't even know how I could make a difference, but we all can make a difference. And you just have to choose one way that you want to make a difference and then just keep doing that. So that's what I want to leave people Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. I look forward to crossing paths with you in the future. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.